Hello, 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 guys. Welcome to this new episode of Mind Podcast. This is Adit Kapadia. Before we get to the good stuff, let me tell you the basic stuff. Please like the video, subscribe to us on YouTube, sub- follow us on Twitter, like us on Facebook, share the word. You know, let us know uh, what comments you have, uh, what criticisms you have, and we'll make sure you know to take them all. Well, now that is out of the way. Now I can focus on the things that I really like. <laughs> so welcome <laughs> to this new edition of Mind Podcast. Um, with me, I have uh, Priyanka Dev joining me from Delhi. She is a, she is an, a, a great to have you, Priyanka. She is an independent digital journalist who has um, who was previously with NI Junction. Did uh, does a lot of uh, you know uh, videos, uh, discussions, debates on YouTube. You can see her in various TV panels as well, giving her perspective on the news of the week. Um, is was is an Harvard alum and you know was was in US and has moved to India. So, hamari jaise ulti kahani hai hamari. But but she's here to discuss you know the news of the week and everything that's dominated. So great to have you on my podcast, Priyanka. Thank you. Namaste, everyone. And thank you so much, Adit, for having me here. Uh, Honor to be here. Absolutely. So um, I I have to ask you, you know, um, when, when last sort of three, four years, five years, or maybe even last 10 years, I would say the newscape of India has changed. First, you had uh, the editors who were completely disparaging, you know, who would make... Uh, crazy comments about Twitter and how they, you know, they don't even care about it. And all those editors are on it. Right. So for people like us, who've been in the digital space, we're like, it's almost like an, I told you so moment that digital is the new future, like print and TV can't exist, but the reach of digital that it, it provides is significantly more than that. So someone who is, as someone who's involved in the digital platform, as someone who was, what is your take on this? And uh, as someone who goes on the TV studios as well, how do you find those mediums different? Um, no, that's a very interesting question because I think that, um, you know, I'm a student of journalism. So I have a master of science in journalism. And um, as you said, it's, you know, it's, it's a very blanket statement. I would say that digital is a new future, which I also agree is true. Hmm. Um, but what makes it the new future? Because I think that especially in India, um, there are so many young people. India is one of the youngest and most vibrant sort of democracies, most active democracies on the planet today. And um, why digital is so pertinent, especially in India, and this is coming from someone who has grown up in the US and then moved to India. So we're definitely seeing the change over there that we all consume our news um, no longer on TV. Um, you know, we just want to consume that one clip or that one relevant story on social media, right? Or we just want to consume that clip on our phones on our way back from work or on our way to work. So this is how digital is gaining um, precedence over other forms of media, because, you know, it, it was unthinkable, I would say, even five years ago in the US or India to not have a subscription to a newspaper, right? Um, People used to take newspapers. I remember my uncle and my dad when getting in the car, the newspaper would always be in the car because they would just skim the news in the car, even though they did have a smartphone or a cell phone at the time. But today, uh, even my dad and my uncle are using their, uh, their smartphones to consume news. The newspaper is no longer there. So I think we're just in this amazing sort of form of um, transition where digital is becoming, I would say, the new normal. Uh, because I would think that in five years from now, even less than that, 
people are not really going to, at least in metro areas, they're not going to know what a newspaper is, or they will know what it is, but they'll definitely not be subscribed to one, right? Uh, unless it's the online subscription. One of the funniest things for me was that after the COVID lockdown, um, there was like, there were newspapers that were not being delivered during the lockdown, right? Not everyone was getting it. And the biggest uh, sort of demand on WhatsApp group was the digital newspaper edition. <laughs> yeah, yeah so now, exactly. Uh, so you have the and it's almost a generation gap also, right? That we would we would be more comfortable reading five great columns on five different newspapers, whereas my father would be would be more comfortable reading one good column on the newspaper he's used to, and then he reads four bad columns. He's like, kya ho gaya journalism ko?" And I'm like, "That that's why I don't read everything on it because some of it is nonsense." You know? Yeah, that's exactly right. And you know, like I I have um, nieces who are teenagers now and there's a generation gap even between like millennials and uh, Gen Z I would say because um, yeah they they just don't they they are like you know I can pull up the same thing online that you're pulling up you know because I think our generation at least a millennial generation um, and Gen X is used to at least we are used to you know there are still quite a few people that say that no I like reading a book in its traditional form right with the pages and I like the feel of the pages but um, I think Gen Z there's barely anyone that that says that right they're like uh, well where's the Kindle where it's just so normal to them okay to I, I, just I, digital means at so, this point and I'm going to sound like a very old uncle now but at this point I'm just happy. I sound old yeah <laughs> no, no no at this point I'm just happy if they read a damn book because I know I'm happy if I see them with a textbook or something because you know they're, they're just not used to it um, and you can't blame them because uh, you know I think we trans at least me I definitely transitioned into digital and yeah. online and internet when I was in college um, so we still have that sense of what reading a newspaper was like in the morning no, after uh, we also a- have uh, we also have the combination of you know we know how to use a kindle or an ipad or whatever um, but this new generation is completely digital and this is where you know to your back to your original question um, digital i think is gaining prevalence all over the world because if you look at a develop a rapidly developing country like india mm-hmm. uh, switching so fast and of course covid has accelerated the process to digital right now as well mm-hmm. uh, people were forced to just become digital uh, and even uh, of all ages i would say so i think that the the speed towards just going completely digital you know there are mainstream media channels right now that are launching digital first and then maybe going to tv later so uh, digital is definitely the preference and it's definitely the priority uh, because that is, as you say, the future, because that is, that is the new normal of, uh, of upcoming generations. That's where technology is going. So, yeah. And I mean, uh, so it's interesting because that is almost a weird segue into our next point. And I'll, I'll explain why, because okay. I, we, we were going to talk, a, we were going to start the discussion about uh, Kangana Ranaut and Shiv Sena and what has happened in Mumbai. But, uh, <laughs> as, as most discussions on Mind Podcast go, this is really a chai pe charcha. So we actually start discussing right. something and it goes off into weird tangents. Right? Awesome. <laughs> but, but the reason I bring this up now is because I wrote about three or four tweets about uh, Balasaheb Thakre and the legacy of Sena. And I, I had written that previously also when Uddhav was joining the, uh, 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 doing an alliance with Congress and NCP. And my major points were that there is no consistent Bal Thakre. 
in the 60s he was a cartoonist with a very anti migrant rhetoric about uh, gujaratis south indians north indians in the 70s he was a supporter of indira gandhi in the emergency and vehemently okay. went against the trade unions in the yeah in the 80s 9 80s he was a different guy in the 80s late 80s 90s he went closer to the bjp which is a, an avatar that a lot of people associate with him but after 2005 he almost became just a father to uddhav he he all he did was just you know um, promote his son and everything so when you would see uddhav thakre doing the same thing to aditya thakre it is again that putramo that's coming back so i i wrote these tweets about bal thakre and what his legacy and I I I I lost count of how many people wrote to me saying are we have never read anything like this about Bal Thackeray written in mainstream media in this now I just got me thinking that if this medium did not exist and newspapers would refuse to publish the reality no one would really talk about or know like i have grown up uh, watching the politics in mumbai so i'm very familiar with the rise and fall of the sena so uh, yeah so so when you talk about the fall of sena what happened last week with kangana ranaut and you know shiv sena was yes. just unbelievable and i use the word shiv sena because shiv sena controls the bmc and um, kangana ranaut's house as you know was you know and her office i believe was demolished by uh, the bmc it was attacked and uh, uh, they made the charge of illegal construction and a lot of people pointed out that i mean bombay high court came uh, came down severely on them but a lot of people pointed out that there were many illegal structures and forget all that let's talk about this case alone did did this have to happen today couldn't they have waited for kangana to come or something what were they trying to do were they trying to send out a message that oh how dare you take on uh, you know uddhav thackeray so what are your thoughts on this and then we'll get a detailed discussion on this yeah you know i i was on a times <coughs> debate and that the exact same question so i'm glad you asked it to me adit because it's a very pertinent question um not my thoughts per se but you know what i really feel about the issue because um i think i voice i'm a mumbai girl um i grew up in in mumbai and that's that's my identity my family is still there oh. and um you know i i the first comment i made on on national television during this debate was when i was a kid you know i i my fam- my parents moved to chicago so i i mainly grew up over there but we used to visit uh, bombay all the time uh bombay at that time right before they changed so, the name when uh, i have to pa- pause you right there anyone who has grown up in mumbai or like as i grew up in ahmedabad but mumbai was my second home will always inadvertently say bombay i do that bombay, all the time yeah, that's how you know the credibility is yes. right there if you are a 90s kid because 95 is when the name changed from bombay to mumbai it is impossible to go 5 uh, minutes without saying bombay yeah but you know let's let's go with the official name so when when it was bombay officially uh, you know i used to travel as a kid back and forth from the us to to india and um, you know you could uh, when we were i remember as a kid one of my favorite memories was always uh, looking out at uh, at uh, the queen's necklace and pointing out you know where my grandparents used to stay because they were on marine drive at the time and uh, then you know of course you could still point out the buildings where my aunt used to stay where my uncles used to stay where the rest of my family used to stay in bombay and you could literally pinpoint those buildings from the plane as you were landing today there are so many it really is you know if you def- if you think of concrete jungle mumbai is the place to think about because when you look on the plane you know even a mumbaiker will not even be able to recognize where he or she lives because there are so many structures that are in mumbai that have cropped up in less than i would say 10 years right so i think that 
you know, you can't imagine that all of those structures are legal. So everyone knows and every person who has lived in that city knows that quite a few of these structures are illegal. And my thoughts on the Kangana issue are, number one, if you are going to, you know, they, uh, whatever side, uh, if, you, if you're looking at uh, playing devil's advocate, they are saying that they did give her warning in 2018 and she had two years and, you know, she could have moved out and, and whatever. But what my thought is, is, you know, one, number one, at the end of the day, uh, she is in mainstream media, right? So this is going to be a national issue, no matter what it is, whether you're going to break it down, whether you're going to keep the office or the home uh, intact, right? And number two, uh, there's always some kind of a notice period given to an individual that, you know, you can't just appear and demolish, right? Uh, you know, the, the argument is there that, of course, there are so many other illegal structures. But if you're really playing devil's advocate and said that, you know, okay, yeah, at, at best, we've told her in 2018, she needs to vacate. You at least need to give a sort of kind of that, hey, we're going to actually demolish your house in 24 hours, right? We are going to demolish your house in 48 hours from now. You have to give a notice period to the person, whether you are a celebrity or not. And this was not done. So it just goes to show that perhaps, you know, the fact that they did not do that, the fact that they just appeared and demolished it, um, it showed that they definitely did have a different agenda. I absolutely believe that. And, you know, to you, Today, you have people uh, in Bombay itself, sorry, in Mumbai itself, uh, who are basically saying, you know, we are ashamed that we even voted for them. So these are voters that voted for Shiv Sena and believed in what the party was about. Uh, but, you know, today, even they are ashamed of what but, they've but, done. But here is the dichotomy, right? People, people will almost talk to you as if uh, BJP lost the election in Mumbai, but that's not the truth. The truth is BJP Sena won it in an alliance and then Sena went with Congress and NCP. So a lot of people I know, I personally know people who have voted for Shiv Sena who are BJP voters because a Sena candidate was in their constituency. So they were saying that vote not for a Congress government and this is unacceptable. Also, my question is that, you know, if you are saying that 2018 notice and you do want to do it in 2020, I hope they use that logic for everyone, right? So, yeah, I mean, then why are you just going and demolishing Kanganas? Then after Kanganas, there should be at least like a hundred other buildings that yeah. you have to do. And, and I, I felt bad for the guy who was demolishing, who the media channels wanted to interview. And he gave literally the oh, most yeah. Mumbaiker reaction ever, where he says, me postman ahe, or my postman hey. You know, because that is also an interesting thing. I'm just doing my job. <laughs> so that's a, a, a typical, you know, a, a standard Mumbai sentence always will have to have one Gujarati, one Hindi and one Marathi word. Otherwise, it's okay. incomplete. <laughs> and if you're saying the same sentence in South Mumbai, then maybe one English word also. But one English word in me, postman, postman will definitely be there. <laughs> so, so, so that is that is the thing. Postman ahe. <laughs> postman ahe, ke my postman hai, or something like that. So that's a very Marathi no. <laughs> of saying Hindi. So yeah. <laughs> so that's that's if that's that's the interesting part. But uh, the tragic comedy of this whole farce, if I were to say. Um, the most yeah, really. I mean, it really appeared to be. And you know, if somebody even that doesn't. Um, uh, as you can say, you know, we have this polarization of left wing and right wing, but um, I, I would like to say that, you know, on behalf of the entire youth, it was just, um, it was just very skeptical that, okay, you're demolishing her home and office and fair enough, you gave a 2018 warning, but then 
who else did you give the warning to and why aren't you going and demolishing those buildings right exactly, exactly. Um, so that that was the real uh, uh, question mark there that's what uh, caused a lot of skepticism in my opinion no i agree with you and 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 i think what has happened what has happened now is people are questioning the credibility of uddhav thakre's shiv sena that of course this continuously in mumbai right are you going to you know uh, all detractors that's all because after that an, uh, an ex naval officer if i am not mistaken for forwarding a whatsapp article was beaten up by shiv sena gold whatsapp meme i'm sorry uh i mean just let that sink in for a couple of minutes guys oh whatsapp I, about it. I mean i was i was really angry about it because i was like look you know my entire family is in maharashtra um most of my parents and aunts and uncles now are senior citizens uh look covid cases are rising in the city right now uh people are still you know even though the lockdown is officially over people are still by and large playing it very safe um i know for a fact that my uh, cousins and and people who live at home with uh, extended family they are still working from home because look there are small kids or there are elderly people in the house and nobody wants to take that chance uh people are still not inviting their house help in because of the rise and spike in covid cases uh the state economy is in a mess right now because of covid as is uh, as our other state economies as our other economies all around the world and uh, the priority of this state government is to go and beat up a naval officer over a whatsapp post like excuse me <laughs> where are your priorities right first you go and demolish uh, kangana's uh, office and then uh, and her home and then you go and beat up a naval officer like i i'm just wondering what is on their to do agenda every single day because it clearly is not really solving the real problems that exist in the city exactly and I, and ultimately i think the thing is that if uddhav continues to promote aditya thakre i can guarantee you the sena is going to be finished i mean it was so it was so haphazard that even uh, their internal contradiction sharad pawar came out let's uh, say and the reason i say internal contradiction is he is the ultimate guy he will he'll wait he'll see what the reaction is and then finally react <laughs> to to the populist opinion but wo to you know chalta rehta so i i i'll uh, b- before we get uh, to the further topic i'll give a uh, sort of an update to our listeners on this um, we have uh, i know the india china talks are happening uh, with uh, minister jay shankar and things like that uh, with uh, rajnath singh also went so we have three fantastic pieces on mind makers one written by ramaharita pusalla about the five key takeaways so i would urge you guys to please read it we are going to explore it in details one, once we know what is going on um, you know behind the scenes but from what i have found out or what i've read in things india is not budging down and i find that fantastic i think um, uh, on the last episode with jaggi you can we went into details about this and jaggi actually said that you know we gave talks a chance and that didn't work so we had to show the fist right i mean we had to i mean i'm summarizing here i didn't use the word fist that's my word before people accuse me of misquoting <laughs> but, but essentially that's what it is so uh, priyanka any quick comments you want to give on this until we move on the next one you know and it's it's funny that that you say that because um it's i i read in an article i've been following up on the issue um and i think that uh, you know i think it's alarming that the the conflict is uh, uh, at least at the lac uh, uh, at least uh, as of a couple of months ago um the conflict was the worst that we have seen um 
in almost 40 years, 50 years, 60 years, mm -hmm. right? Uh, it's, it's the worst that we've seen, which is alarming enough. Right. And then a recent article said that, you know, there, there were uh, attempts uh, for talks. Uh, I think that's, that's what you were talking about. Right. Mm -hmm. And um, one, one quote stood out at me. Uh, and that was, uh, you know, when they, uh, it was an Indian official basically quoting China saying that, you know, we did attempt <laughs> Uh, to talk and have talks between us and there should be no security uh, at night. Uh, mm -hmm. There should be no patrolling at night and no, uh, um, uh, no sort of, uh, um, uh, sort of defense at night. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, the, the Indian officials responded to that and said that, you know, that's where our ears really went up because uh, what the Chinese say and what they do does not match. Right. So I, I, it, it's really sad that that that, that happens. Um, this is for someone that has probably been, I, I'm very interested in international politics. Yeah. Uh, I have been following the China issue very closely. And, um, you know, it, it may sound like beauty, beauty pageant-ish, if that is a word of me to say it. Uh, you know, where they all say, of course, it's very cliche, but uh, I'm, I'm looking at uh, miscongeniality and and saying that you know every ideal response is we want world peace, right? Yeah. But how are we going to get there if there is no realistic diplomacy going on, right? Where if a country says they shouldn't be patrolling at night and you can't even trust them because you know that they are not telling the truth, right? Um, and, and they've proven it through their actions, right? Conflict has been the worst that it's been and the most escalated that it's been along our borders right now. How do you, how do you trust a country like that? Um, how are you ever going to talk about, forget uh, border security, forget peace, forget terrorism. How are you going to talk about economy? And how are you going to talk about anything? And peace talks can only happen from a position of strength. Uh, you know, Shekhar Gupta once I was talking about KPS Hill, the legendary police officer who did what yep. he did in Punjab. And in 1985, I think the Rajiv Gandhi Longobal Accord was signed. And KPS Gill said uh, to a young Shekhar Gupta at that time, a journalist saying, and he said this, that Tum dekhna agle saal mein and he's like, why? He's like, because you can only negotiate with these people. Okay? He said this in Punjabi and my Punjabi is not very good that you can only negotiate with these people when the lati is in your hand. You cannot negotiate with them when the lati is in their hand. And same thing. And then that's what happened. A year, uh, there were, uh, you know, the, the Punjab problem became worse. And a year later, KPS was back. Then they cleaned up that mess. And then is when Punjab went into the situation of normalcy. And people forget this was, this was only 35 years ago. It, yeah. It's not like it happened like a couple of centuries ago. Yeah. Only, yeah. Very recent. So, uh, you know, and I'd, I'd also, as, as a person that's, that's coming to India very recently, right? Um, I've, I've been following India-China relations from a US perspective, right? Yes. So very, very different. Yeah. And um, I think that uh, it's, it's not the only country that China is bullying, right? China, of course, doesn't bully the US too much because they are both uh, uh, permanent members of the UN. I guess that's a good way to put it. They're both part of the P5. But that's also I, thanks to Nehru. India was offered and he gave it to China. Um, but, you know, if, if you're reading from that perspective, um, and if you're really reading from an objective perspective, which I had the privilege to do, uh, even being an Indian citizen, right? Um, you can definitely say that China is, uh, it's not, India is not the only country that China is trying to bully, right? Even during COVID, uh, what China did was take advantage of uh, uh, countries, I would say, with smaller economies, 
uh, and they gave them free supplies, COVID supplies, which uh, came in the news, of course, came in international news for being not up to standard, mm. right? But then, you know, tomorrow China is, as you say, in that lucky position where they can say that, look, we helped you over here. Now, what are you going to do for us, right? No, and and so, ultimately, ultimately, how I think this works is that you have a um, sort of uh, a perspective where China is bullying a lot of African and Latin American countries. So and how, Asian countries as well. Yes, absolutely. But so how do you deal with, you know, this menace? And, and agreed, in America, the coverage is different. But this time, I'm seeing a lot of uh, rhetoric against the Chinese Communist Party. And again, I'm going to say this, not against Chinese people, but against the Chinese government. And if you take on the Chinese government, that doesn't mean you're against the Chinese, right? The people, the citizens. So that is something people need to understand. But uh, we, uh, it's, it's, uh, uh, I was going to say, I was going to give an update from China. We, <laughs> we went into a complete segue on China. But coming back to this whole freedom of expression debate, right? Um, in India, you have, uh, you have people talking that, uh, you know, the freedom of expression is under threat, you know, things like that. Yet you have authors whose books are, Bloomsbury India refuses to publish their book. Yet you have a Kangana Ranaut who's, who speaks uh, on, gives an interview and the left liberal intelligentsia sort of, you know, jumps on her. Um, so what, what do, do they mean by freedom of expression is under threat? Whose freedom of expression is under threat? That's a very loaded question, Adit. I think that, uh, you know, I was very recently trolled. Uh, forget Kangana Ranawat. I think that Kangana Ranawat will make national news and get attention. Huh. But my, uh, my channel that I did, my YouTube channel, it focused on youth issues. I focus on youth issues, being a member of the youth in India, being one of the people that are under 35 trying to nation build today. Hmm. And I can tell you that I have spoken to hundreds and thousands of youth in the country since I've been here, since I moved here in 2018. And you know, what they say is, ma'am, we don't say anything or Priyanka, we don't say anything on our, even our personal social media handles because we get trolled. We live on college campuses. Uh, people troll us, they exclude us. If they're working professionals, they say, you know, I had one guy tell me that I just joined a job and because of my pro-establishment stance, uh, I get excluded from meetings from the rest of the group. So what does his, you know, and he said, I said, well, what did you do? And he said, well, I put a pro-CAA article out on my personal Facebook handle. Oh and because of that, professionally, he gets excluded. Mm -hmm. So where is the accountability for this, right? It's not just, and this is why by and large, a lot of citizens are silent because they are afraid of, look, their everyday life and their bread and butter depends on their work. Um, you know, they would love to nation build and they would love to speak up, but unfortunately they don't, and these are educated, uh, middle-class doing well for themselves, self-sufficient, I would say Indians, young Indians under the age of 35 uh, with master's degrees, postgraduate degrees, I would say. Mm -hmm. They are saying today in India, we have to be silent because, you know, we'll get trolled one way or the other. Mm. And uh, I was like, well, what kind of trolling do you face? Mm. And it is anywhere from, uh, it's not just, you know, being called a bitch and being called, you know, I've been told uh, anything, pardon my, pardon my language, oh. but um, if, you know, if, being if, if, if you are called out 
if if someone tells you something on twitter i think it's also your moral duty to report that what they are saying right i i firmly be- so facebook all my pages are absolutely public i encourage debate especially among youth That's you know whatever your ideology is come but be objective about your debate don't be so pointed and be open you know be open to and receptive to listening to the other side and objecting uh, uh, sorry debating objectively yeah. so a uh, lot of people just don't do that here um you know if you uh, if you take a pro establishment stance for example on the ayodhya verdict mm-hmm. or on uh, 370 or on any issue really whether it's big or small you get called a fascist you get called a bhak you i have been told you know go your education has been a waste you're a waste of space for a human being go and die somewhere go and kill yourself you'll be better off it'll be a better service to society if you go and die somewhere go jump off a bridge somewhere i get trolled like that every day and who am i i am not a kangana ranawat i don't make national headlines i don't i don't do anything i just speak up and i'm not afraid to speak up um but a lot of people are um and i i wouldn't even say afraid they're very hesitant to speak up because they know the consequences so, and, and sometimes i would just to add to your point not to interrupt you but just to add to your point sometimes yeah. it's also that the fact that people like us you and i who are on social media and we want to engage right sometimes you have national icons who they just physically they cannot engage with so many people but we actually want to have a debate so when you call us first of all it doesn't bother me like you know call call all the names you want uh, but the fact is you are losing out on a legitimate discussion that you can have where you can change my mind or i can change yours there have been issues on which i have changed my positions like i i'll give an example i was a firm believer on changing redistricting our constituencies from 543 to more because we need i mean one mp is representing 20 lakh people or something exactly. and but now i actually yeah and i am i am open to that debate when someone told me that you have to understand also that the population growth rates in the southern states has been a little less than some other states so are you going to penalize states who have grown at a smaller percent who have uh, said that we will not get so, so what is your criteria and uh, that got me thinking i'm like yes you know but there is also an administrative issue so maybe we can keep the number of seats and just double them so there are just twice the number i mean this again i i'm in like usa where you have a number of uh, house of representative members is um, conducive to the population population, the population. exactly uh, but, but, but right? so th- but their point was that Uh, in india the what is the criteria for determining is there a certain cutoff point what is it right so but what i'm saying is i am not sold on any side of that debate i want to hear more perspective but if i tell that you're like are tu aisa abhi kyun bol raha hai why did you not say it 7 years ago i'm like what i mean yeah yeah I, the debate always gets clouded and then you know it's very hard to just keep on point for the ah, debate exactly and you yourself i think faced it this week when your your twitter timeline has been an interesting battleground where oh, you had a direct <laughs> <laughs> so, i thought you wouldn't notice adit <laughs> ah, no but you you have you have quite the admirers and the detractors so oh so, gosh <laughs> um yeah it's been you know and this is it's all about this this issue of speaking up you know um i i just keep going back to that because it's as simple as that mm. um you know people uh, claim that there's always going to be uh, i find actually us politics and indian politics very similar mm. in the sense that it is very polarized yeah you're either you cannot really be a middle of the road person 
um, especially if you want to be somebody uh, in politics or if you want to be a celebrity or if you want to be a journalist or if you mm. want to be anyone, you mm. can't really be middle of the road. Mm. Um, what you can do is maybe project the ideas as objectively as possible. But guess what? At the end of the day, your platform is going to take a side for you, whether you're a Democrat, a Republican, a BJP member or a Congress member, uh, whether, you know, it doesn't matter. Um, and that is uh, the polarization that has become a problem because in a democracy, uh, media and journalism is supposed to be the fourth pillar of democracy. Yeah. And now it's just getting capitalized, right? Exactly. Uh, because it's becoming so polarized. So this is a, a huge problem that, uh, that we face because I find, you know, um, I may take a certain ideology, but I have met a lot of youth and a lot of students and I've debated it out because I, I used to compete in debate as a college student. So it's, I enjoy debating and Twitter is, I feel a platform and a public platform to openly spread your ideas across and debate, right? Mm -hmm. and of course, I'm uh, an alumni of Harvard, as you mentioned before, and, and I'm only sharing that because uh, the stance that I took on the, on the CAA um, you know, I, I put out an article that I wrote um, on the CAA, which happened to be pro CAA, and I put it out on my personal Facebook handle. Mm -hmm. And for that, um, I was trolled by uh, people, I wouldn't even say trolled, harassed by people who I had spent uh, my entire academic career with, who I had lived in the same dorms with, who I had attended social events with. Um, who, who I thought were, were good friends, who I literally, you know, I'd find them in the, in, in the kitchen or outside on Harvard Square at uh, late at night or in the afternoon, whether it was classes or a social event or whatever. Um, these are people that, that were saying, uh, you know, and, and what, what they ended up saying was, uh, we're going to kick you out of uh, the Harvard alumni groups. Um, and I said, well, that's not fair because I am... Um, Posting, yes, I'm speaking up on my personal stance, but just because you don't agree with it, does that mean, does that give you the right to kick me out of an alumni group for which I have earned that degree as much as you have? Uh, can't we agree to disagree? And, and what is the point of this? Do you want an eco chamber where everyone just talks to each other and there is absolutely no scope for disagreement? Like what is, you know? It is true. Adit, I'll tell you, if you go to Harvard, um, if, you, if you don't praise Obama and if you don't bash Trump, you know, there, there is a very small Republican, pro-Republican uh, yeah. club at Harvard and they are so low-key because they know the amount of hate and trolling and oh. cyberbullying that they'll face. I, 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 uh, they, the, the problem is, the problem is, and I, I agree with you, I'm going to come back to you on that. Because it's right, the same universities as well. Uh, oh. If you're pro Modi and if you're pro, it's the same thing. If you're pro-establishment, they are quiet. So, and so that's, quiet. That's, that's what I was coming towards. What is the yeah. establishment, right? When you go, when that's you are talking about the universities. That's a good question. That's a, that's a real debate question. <laughs> exactly. What is the establishment? Right? Uh, can you still get published? Can, can you know, can, can the Crimson, the Harvard, I think Crimson reviews the newspaper of the Harvard, I forget. Will, will they publish? I, I personally have about a thousand disagreements with Donald Trump. Uh, unfortunately, now the US society is so polarized that when I have to give a point where I compare Trump to the Democrats, I have to preface this saying, I was like, I have said so since 2015. But people yeah. were like, a Trump supporter. I was like, I am not a Trump supporter. I'm not a buy. I was like, I vote in India, man. I, I have really no dog in this fight. Like what I, difference does it make? I can't vote for him anyway. Right? No, 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 my, my thing is, I am an analyst. So I will analyze what is in front of me. 
and yeah. i will point out hypocrisies on the both sides both the sides i will point out trump's hypocrisies that um, he has pushed for stronger ties with india i will agree on that and one cannot disagree that i've been here for 13 years i've never seen indian americans be a group that's courted by both the sides and that's only happened because trump has reached out to the indian americans so the democrats are like hold on you know hame bhi karna chahiye but he's not done anything in terms of immigration reforms for the indians or what his weird stands over h1s or h4s that completely plunged the indian engineers into disarray yeah. this one year Uh, but the other other thing is democrats have these bunch of indian uh, americans who have been democrats and who have received largesse of the democratic party whenever they are in power you know they get establishment posts they get think tank posts and so forth and they have always supported democrats without getting like a blank check ki indians will vote for you only now they are confused ki hum should we push the democrats to speak more for our community when we have never spoken ourselves for indian americans you know so so this is and they are being called up and so this is the dichotomy uh, between the two sides so so let's see what happens but i i, I want to come back to you about this uh, uh, and i and i promised to myself that we were not going to talk about the congress but two hours ago right before we uh, started recording i heard this insane news that sonia gandhi is uh, are going out of india for a medical checkup i don't know if you heard that and rahul gandhi is accompanying her right yeah. so my first question was who the hell is the congress interim president now and, and they, that's a good they just reshuffled the whole thing um, in the congress in the ex congress spokesperson sanjay jha who has become now the sarcasm sarcasm officer in chief had the most wonderful tweet to describe congress's reshuffle they said that this is like moving the chairs around on the titanic uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah it's um you know my my gripe about uh, about the part, you know first of all i hope that uh, it's if it's a health issue and if it's a serious health issue which it looks like it is because otherwise during covid you're not going to be flying overseas to exactly that's what surprised uh, because they called really, a routine checkup uh, yeah i genuinely hope that you know as as she is okay and and everything uh, uh, goes well for her right, so yeah. my best wishes for uh, her and her family and her new near and dear ones yeah. um but you know as as a party ideology um in ter- in terms of this reshuffle and everything that's happening now this is this is not uh, part of the answer i'm giving you uh but you know i i just like to say that uh, as a kid growing up we we have definitely grown up in in the congress regime right in the upa days hmm. and um that that is when i used to visit india that is when i used to be living in chicago coming back and forth to to bombay and uh, sorry mumbai and um uh what uh what i would like to say especially since i was very heavily involved in the elections uh in 2019 um at least as a political analyst in that regard as well as being a youtuber that covered most of the major issues uh and most of the major decisions that have uh, come out of it um out of 2019 and beyond uh is i've never really legitimately i've never really seen uh, as much action on ground um uh, as many results on ground Uh, in my entire childhood than i have seen uh, in this this sort of 8 uh, uh, years of uh, pm modi right um, and uh, sorry not 8 what am i saying 5 years of 6 yeah, and a half almost 6 and, and a half sorry i am ter- math is just not my subject that's why i became a journalist so <laughs> sorry are yaar aise mat bolo i love math abhi koi mujhe youtube mein nahi sunega 
<laughs> I was just thinking of Trump. You know, after eight years, he's going to be done as a president, and it's so. Uh, you, 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 and now, now, now you are going to drive away the 500 Americans that actually watch this. Yeah, thing, man, that's, right? that's Trump for four credibility, years. right? No, I'm no, sorry. No, no, I'm, I'm joking. I, I'm, no, no, go, uh, go on. You are making a serious point. I'm just being. Familiar. I was, I was definitely a challenged child with uh, math my entire life. So please don't judge me on that, uh, and please oh, don't no. judge my political analysis on that. But uh, you know what I was going to say is I uh, uh, just very real example, right? I went to a meeting, um, and this was before the 2019 Lok Sabha election results, yeah. and um, it was in the heat. It was. Uh, last summer in the middle of UP heat, uh, 20, sorry, 2018 summer in the middle of UP heat, 40 degrees, 42 degrees outside. Um, we know we were not moving. Traffic was not moving. And it is, it is the most frustrating thing. I'm sure Adit, you know, if you're a Mumbaker who uh, drives a car in Mumbai, what it's like to be in standstill oh, traffic. I, I, so I, I, I'm, um, I'm from Ahmedabad, which is even worse than Mumbai. Even worse, <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, yeah, yeah. And uh, it, it was the most frustrating thing because we were so hot. We were literally sitting there drenched in our sweat and everyone was, my entire crew and myself was getting irritated because uh, Ameti was just about a kilometer away. But the road, it was just standstill traffic, one lane. And what we figured out was that lane turned into, you know, from a road, it turned into a very small sort of rural road uh, to not a road at all. Uh, and the entire Ameti, the major intersection in Ameti is just like one cross, right? Uh, so you have all the shops here, then you have the hospital here, then you have maybe the, the shopping centers and the, the restaurants that they have over here. Right. And uh, sorry, excuse me the rest of the uh, rural homes and farms were surrounding it. That is a meaty for you. Hmm. So we thought, you know, like just chuck it. Let's just get out of the car and walk. It's just one kilometer. We need to cover this constituency. Let's go. And when we got to the intersection, the major intersection, Adit, besides being a traffic mess, you know, um, in that heat, when you hear cars honking and everything, you, you feel angry, right? Your blood literally starts boiling. Like, oh my gosh, please stop it, right? And um, my cameraman, I remember, he was drenched in sweat and he was so irritated that he, there was this ambulance whose uh, siren was wailing. And he just went to the ambulance and he was like, listen, I am legitimately getting a headache. Can you please just shut it off? You're not moving anyway. And we all know you want to go to the hospital, which is 200 meters away. Please shut it off. The ambulance driver told him that there is a man dying behind us. Now, other 200 meters of a hospital and a man dying in an ambulance, it, it was like, you know, my cameraman was like, what are you guys doing then, right? So all the, he got people to actually take the stretcher out. And, you know, I'll tell you, Adit, it was just watching it, right? Uh, we were in shock because even six people holding that stretcher um, trying to get, trying to go 200 meters. That's like right there to the hospital. They weren't able to do it because that, that constituency was such a mess. And that is Rahul Gandhi's constituency. That's a VIP constituency. Um, I was, you know, I, I turned to the shopkeeper and he was literally looking like, yeah, this is no surprise that this is happening. And I was like, Ye hota hai? normally frequently hota hai? and he said, uh, he said, yeah, this happens every day, almost every day. We are so used to it. Yeah, my shop is on the main road. We are used to it. It was so sad. And it was especially coming from the US, imagine, to, to see India for what it really is for the first time. We saw so many positive stories. 
but people there were angry. Uh, people there were, you know, like this is a VIP constituency. What VIP constituency is this? What has he done? There was an overpass that was to be built an overpass. Yeah. It takes maybe a max of three months to build if you put it on priority and that hasn't been built for years and years. So that, so that, that, that comes, comes, sorry, sorry. Let me just finish my point. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Go on. I was going to, uh, I was going to ask you a follow up question, but I'll do that after you. The Congress party, what really makes me angry hmm. is you know, you, you uh, toot and flute these issues all the time, right? That Modi has not done this and Modi has not done that. And okay, but number one, these changes that Modi is trying to do, they are not, uh, he's not a perfect guy either. I'm not even saying that. But if you're looking at it completely objectively without right wing or left wing or any of these political sides put to it, the guy is working hard and he cares about the country. Uh, and what he's trying to do is not going to happen in one day or two. And if it's not happening in that day or two, what are you doing besides coming on your social media and touting nonsense about it that he's not doing a damn thing? Why don't you as a citizen forget a person in power, right? Because clearly you're not using your power for the greater good. Why don't you, instead of just recording a video like the rest of us do, because we can't, we don't have the platform to do much else. Uh, why don't you actually do something? Where are you actually giving money to make a change? Where are you actually doing something positive for the society on a consistent basis besides for when you just need the votes or you need a, so that was my gripe, uh, honestly, with, uh, with Congress that not only were there these big scams that we heard of in the US at the time, because of course we were consuming news uh, over there, but there were these huge scams that came out. But now that you're not in power, it's still a democracy. You're still the opposition. The opposition plays a tremendous role in a democracy. What are you doing that is changing the country? What are you doing to nation build? And I can't think of one single thing. I just can't, you know? I, no, and that's why I brought, I mean, fantastic point, Priyanka. Like this story probably was as hard to tell as to live through it and watch through it because it is both frustrating. I, I, could, I was in shock. Yeah. I really was in shock. You know, and then people on the videos, you can see the videos, they're on, on the YouTube channel yeah. that, that I started. Yeah, I would but all our viewers videos, the, the most frustrating thing was people commenting and saying, um, people of a certain ideology, I would say, dismissing the entire video, dismissing what just happened. Of course, we thought it, I thought it was very unethical to put the, to show the dead body of that man and everything. I, I was like, this is against journalism. You know, at the end of the day, I have a master's in journalism and I'm not going to show this. Even if it gets me a million views, I don't care. We are not showing this at all. We had the footage, but we didn't show it. Um, and people are dismissing uh, the anger of the citizens. They're dismissing, the, you know, somebody that, uh, that said, what has Rahul Gandhi done in this constituency? We are angry. At least, you know, we are hearing that Modi is bringing backwater to villages. He's bringing uh, uh, LPGs to villages. He's bringing connections. He's making pakka houses into kacha houses. Who cares if it's two villages versus a hundred villages? At least he's done it to two villages. What has Rahul Gandhi done for his own constituency, let alone villages in India, right? Um, people were saying that and comments in that section were so dismissive, which is what I think hurt me as a journalist most because I strive so much for integrity and just getting the voice of the people when I go on ground at least. Uh, people were saying, yeah, you just planted people there. And I'm like, right, because a girl that, uh, that has literally grown up in Chicago, uh, gone to Harvard, and then is going to Amiti, um, I don't think it's very likely that I will have contacts and uh, you know good connections in a constituency like Amiti 
from with my background. So where am I going to plant these people from? So that, right? that comes back to the first question I raised that the reason and I was talking about it and I'm not, the, this was not a comment on Sonia Gandhi's health. I one certainly hope she gets well very, very soon. Mm-hmm. But right now, he is the president of the Congress party. And Rahul was the president who uh, they were wanting to anoint, but he didn't want to stay. So Sonia doesn't want to stay. She wants to give it to another. If she was a private citizen who was not in charge of India's uh, opposition party right now, chief uh, biggest opposition party, then I would not even comment. You know, she's free, free to go wherever. But she not only is she... If she's seriously sick, then why is she not giving the reins to anyone else? And which is why that is the reason is why people refuse to take the Gandhi seriously because they they have had the power so much in their, you know, thing. Now, and and, and before, and then uh, the comparisons are are so are, are stark like you have this in the congress and in bjp you have someone like a shivrat singh chauhan you know running a government on his own devendra fadnavis they are not they are not being issued diktats from um, sort of you have state leaders who are extremely popular yediyurappa in karnataka vasundhara in rajasthan i mean she is no longer right now not in power but you know there are many um, state leaders so that is sort of the the dichotomy uh, uh, within the congress itself and uh, huh. can I be devil's advocate uh, a little bit more? Ah, please. Uh, that, you know, I think that um, just being very interested in politics, um, I, I was involved in, um, in helping out on a few campaigns, presidential campaigns in the US as well, hmm. um, at a junior and, uh, you know, at a more hands-on role. And I, you know, I just want to say that um, the biggest difference that I have found, at least coming entering the the Indian political world, because I think if you do media, you you are um, uh, de facto into politics, right? And you're uh, unofficially in politics anyway. At least you know your subject inside out. You have to. Right. Um, but I, especially moving during an election year and the year right before the Lok Sabha election, um, I think that uh, in terms of youth getting involved in politics uh, because I as I said before I've spoken to many youth across the country the interest is definitely there um, and I can tell you it doesn't matter what your ideology is because um, the one difference that I found in the US and uh, in India um, which is a really sad difference I would say is uh, even if you're not part of the majority party right you can still really make a career as a young person in politics in a significant way in the US um, whether it's and, and they encourage that over there. They right. encourage new talent, right? Of course, you can say that there is corruption. Of course, you can say there is competition. That is anywhere in the world if you want to get into politics. But the encouragement and the spaces are definitely there. And I think that um, in India, uh, I think that BJP definitely has a lot of work to do in terms of creating those spaces a lot more. But I definitely say that uh, Congress was was a party that that never appreciated young talent, right? It never endorses young talent. And uh, this is why you don't take the Gandhis seriously because they want to monopolize so much. Unless they're someone's son or daughter. Unless you are dynasty, right? Um, But, you know, I think that for the first time um, with the BJP party, at least, people are at least seeing that, yeah, there is some kind of scope to do something in politics. And, And it is important because... You do, look, 65% of our country is under 35. Like in 10 years, the people who are now at the top 
they're not going to be at the top forever, right? Uh, there, there is always, that's, that's part of politics. There's always going to be a shift in regime. There's always going to be change. Change is the only constant in politics as well as media. And for the first time, I think what the BJP has really done um, without, uh, you know, touting too much for the BJP or sounding like a, a BJP spokesperson because I get trolled uh, for that all the time. But I really, I genuinely feel, and feel free to debate me on this in, in the YouTube comments or, or wherever, uh, and Adit, you also, since you objectively look at it, I think that the BJP has done a tremendous job in at least creating that opening that yes, youth can get into politics. Yes, youth can lead. Yes, okay, you may not be prime minister, yeah, but like at least you, you do something that helps nation build, right? Even if you don't want to get into politics, there's still scope to be a contributing citizen of India. And I think that ideology and that positivity uh, that, that, that has been brought at least into politics is at least a great start. And it's a start that India desperately needed because under UPA, I can tell you, it just wasn't there. My family used to tell me, don't even think of, uh, of you know, just in the US, just go and make a career over there, get married over there and uh, settle down over there. You're much better off, right? That's what they used to tell me. Don't even think of entering. If you want to get into politics and media, go into politics over there, get into media over there, contribute over there, because at least you'll be able to be self-sufficient over no, there. But, uh, no, but I agree with you. And, and maybe college debates, debates among youth is what we need to encourage. But before yeah. we wrap up, I have to tell you one very funny thing uh, as a uh, um, and this is something I've never seen. And you've been in US, you know, uh, the outreach to Indian Americans has reached to such a peak that Joe Biden on Twitter was wishing everyone Michami Dukaram. Now I'm a Jain, right? And I have never ever seen any candidate do that in America. Yeah, well, <laughs> so I was like, wow. He to, so he has to, I no, suppose. That, no, I'm saying that actually tells me that. Uh, uh, the, the, the Indian American vote right now is really up for grabs. And both oh, it is. sides are it going. Is. And it's an important constituency for the first time, I would yeah. say. And, um, and, and that's what I say to people that don't talk to people in New York and California. I mean, talk to them, but don't take, form your opinion about what is happening in the other country from there because the Indian Americans in New York and California are pretty much irrelevant. Where they swing the vote are in Texas, Florida, Wisconsin, Michigan. Uh, you know, all the swing states, North Carolina. And that's Great. where you want to see what uh, might happen. But but before I forget, we have to, I mean, we, uh, I've taken up to way too much of your time, but this was a lot of fun. But I want no, to I didn't even know where the time was. <laughs> get it from, so that, that, that's a good thing then. But I want to get into our recommendation for the week, right? So what is your recommendation for our week? Because we always encourage non-political uh, recommendation. Oh, totally non-political. Um, I recently watched um, on, uh, I, I'm going to give a Netflix recommendation. Please. Um, and I'd, I'd like to give a book. Um, I, uh, there is a series uh, and I've, I've read two of, I think, the three. Um, but I've read a book called War and I've read a book called Power. Highly recommend it because uh, it uh, definitely can apply to any career that you enter um, very, you know, I'm, I'm a person that honestly um, loves to read short stories and loves to read articles and loves to read very short pieces that begin and, 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 and end very quickly, right? That don't take 300 pages. Okay. And um, I think that uh, these books are very, very well broken up. Um, it's, uh, you can finish, you know, one, one sort of chapter a night uh, because it, it gives anecdotes and uh, anecdotes in history about uh, what they're trying to, uh, 
what they're trying to portray or the lesson that they're trying to per perceive, uh, sorry, not perceive, but portray. Um, I think that uh, I can't wait to read the third edition. I forgot what the name was, but I, I ordered it on Amazon, but it got delayed because of COVID. Um, so I'll write it in the comment section. Uh, for a Netflix recommendation though, um, completely, completely out of scope. And uh, I would uh, like to recommend, um, oh gosh, I'm a little embarrassed to say it no, because I, we, were about, <laughs> we were talking about politics. This entire we like we can, we can both watch, like, uh, watch <laughs> politics and watch Captain America, both happy. But what One is of my friends just wrote a fantastic article. Um, she actually tried out for, um, what is this? Uh, this Netflix series was on Indian matrimony. Um, huh? Indian matchmaking, right. I forgot if it's Netflix or Amazon Prime. It is I can't Netflix. remember. It is Netflix, yeah. um, it's Netflix, yep. So I, I highly suggest that um, because I think that it's, uh, it's very real because I ended up knowing some of the candidates oh, on the yeah. show. Wow. And I was like, hey, I know that person. Yeah. So um, I, I binged it completely. Um, the other thing that I watched uh, was... You the rest of the world. <laughs> oh, wait, okay, so it may be a scale recommendation. No, I, 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 no, I give you... No, 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 no. I give you courage, courage points for saying it on camera. No, but they don't say it. I, I, so I, I don't know the people... I watched it all the way through. I binged it completely. I, I, I thought it was... Yeah, I don't know the people, but it is set in Houston, one of the characters. Uh, huh. And I know a lot of those places in Houston. They happen to be very close to the place. And uh, I have hung out in a few of those places. So, no, and let's face it. I mean, I think that you can relate. Uh, we all can relate to at least one of the one of the people on the show because that's what our personality was like. We've all no, been no, through no, this. No, no, no. <laughs> no, no, no. Let's admit it's not that. We at least know two people who are like the other people on the show, but we don't want to admit it. I really, yeah. Well, I really like that, that chick. That, that, that is the, no, I will talk to you never. Goodbye. You know, I was like, oh gosh, she's so sure of herself. No matter what. I really respect that of this girl. And the other thing that I watched, um, I think that uh, what I would recommend is actually, uh, I'm, uh, I'm on Disney Hotstar as well. Yeah. And uh, I have been binging Modern Family. Oh. I think it's one of the best shows ever. And I am in love with Cam. Um, I think he's one of the greatest characters ever. Um, but you can, like, you know, you can't relate to any of those people, but you can in a way as well. So I think that it's, it's just, it's a fantastic show. Um, and it, it really, um, I was just, we just had a discussion on this, actually. My friends and I were talking and, um, you know, it's, uh, it's this dichotomy of uh, modern family is like none of our families are actually like that, right? Um, but they really want to portray what a modern family is and something that's against the stereotype, right? Uh, and each of those families kind of display that in their own way. And um, I think people can actually relate to it because you can just, the, the experiences of that family are just so similar to the experiences that we've had. And I can totally relate to it because I've grown up in the US. So I'm very familiar with a lot of the experiences they go through. Um, but it's hilarious. I mean, you look back and you're like, oh my God, this is, you know, I was so stressed out about that at the time, but um, it's... Every single <laughs> it's character. Actually, it's, I, I have so, watched every single episode of Modern Family have like 11 seasons I think and like 20 episodes per season 
So I have totally been binging on that. You know, like my my husband comes home and he's like, "What are you?" Like he just sees the TV and he's like, "Which episode are you on? How many episodes have you?" So I I highly recommend that show if you haven't watched it, and if you have watched it, and if you are watching it, keep watching because it gets better and better. No, I, I agree completely. I actually watched the last six or seven seasons live, like when they were airing in US, because I was a wow. huge, huge fan. Like, uh, and some of their episodes, like they legit get you emotional at the end of it. There is yeah. an episode if you've not uh, if you've you not really in season four. There is a one when one of the characters, her grandmother, passes away, and Alex just lights up a firework. You know that whole speech is so fantastic, and yeah. and, and and that's the thing. Like and, and the best thing about Modern Family is the inappropriate comments they make. not knowing that they are inappropriate like i i i urge everyone to go on youtube and just look up modern family restaurant cam where they are all having a discussion on the restaurant and they are trying to make very politically correct comment and then every it seems so politically incorrect it just goes completely the opposite way okay. <laughs> i think that was cam right and that was cam and gloria and mitch and lily i think with the with lily the daughter yeah, and, and she's Yeah. <laughs> and I'll give you an interesting trivia. The the actress who plays the waiter in the restaurant is Lily's real life mother. Oh wow! Yeah. Oh, I did. Yeah, they they actually gave gave her. So I've I've been I love the show and I've been watching a lot of it. Uh, my my recommendation. I'm going to go watch that episode again. Watch just that again. Or I'll 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 send you that clip on YouTube and you watch that too. Um, my my recommendation is going to be another netflix series called fauda it's on the israel palestine conflict uh, great watched it already yeah great absolutely fantastic and another show i watched on sony live called jl50 it's a very interesting show with okay. pankaj kapoor and abhay deol only four episodes came out last week and it merges current affairs with science fiction and mm-hmm. i i i did some see some small flaws here and there with the show uh, disagreements but I just have to give them kudos for the attempt because it was a fantastic attempt yeah. uh, at it. So um, that's it. So I've some, some I've not seen it, but I'll definitely, uh, definitely catch it now that you've told me. Indeed, some great recommendations. But thank you so much, Priyanka, for joining us. Um, like I told you, that if we cover, manage to cover everything we thought we would cover, then I'll call ourselves very lucky. We clearly did not, but it was a great discussion. <laughs> thank you so much for joining. Thank you, Namaste, and uh, honor. It was an absolute pleasure, and I, I seriously didn't realize where it's a Saturday night for me right now, yeah. and I, I just didn't realize where the time went. So, so thank my you. apologies, first of all, for ruining your Saturday night. And... No, not at all. I, I just it was it was fabulous. Um, I mean, it it was really a chai pe charcha. I'm more of a coffee person, so I'll admit this coffee. Same Cheers. Uh, but um, coffee pe charcha tha, and uh, I, I was, uh, you know, thank you so much for having me on the show. Yeah. Uh, really, uh, and for listening and hearing me out, because a lot of times when I go on these debates or tweet, there's limited number of characters and limited number of time. So thank you for allowing me the the privilege of uh, sort of elaborating and uh, articulating my ideas and what I really feel about issues. I really appreciate it. Thank you, and thank you guys for joining us. We'll be back next week with more. Uh, thanks, and keep listening to Mind Mix.